Hey friends, Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 58, a student success story, Dan Walker. Now I'm excited this week because Dan Walker, I've known Dan for almost over a year. He took Rift Radio, he did my masterclass tracking guitar like a pro, and he has just been growing by leaps and bounds in his production, his songwriting. He wanted to get into more long-term vision things. He wanted to have a career in music. So Dan signed up for a full year of coaching with me, and he's been crushing it. I've been focusing on helping him build up his business, to focus on his songwriting, his production skills, all of that we tackle. So I wanted to bring Dan on the podcast to talk about what is it like working with me for a full year? What is he working on? A little of his backstory, because trust me, when you hear Dan's story, you're going to be like, man, that sounds like me a little bit. Maybe I could make a living in music. I wanted to bring Dan on because sometimes we need a fire to, you know, right under our ass to get us moving. And this conversation with Dan is going to do it. So hold on to your butts. Here we go. Episode number 58, Dan Walker. Dan, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It is going good. Thank you uh, for being here because this is going to be awesome. I've I've known you for a while and see your growth and your progress. And I, I, I just want to talk about like all of it, but also, you know, things that you're going to be getting into, but a, a little bit of your musical past too. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into that. Like, you know, I I've known you for a little bit. You've been, we've been doing coaching. You did Rift radio, you've grown into a, what you already were, uh, you know, producing, like you were starting to get into that realm, but like in that, I'd say like year, year or so yeah it's been just about a year yeah you've just like your productions have gotten so much better your songwriting has gotten a ton better but now you're just making the shift of like doing music could you tell me a little bit before what was your musical background like you know prior yeah well i mean i've been doing music basically my entire life my dad's a musician so i just grew up with it around me everywhere i i think the first ever musical thing I probably did was like singing in his children's choir at church. You know, I was like seven, seven years old. I think, oh yeah. In fact, you know, I was actually a year too young to officially be in the choir, but he ran the choir. So he was like, yeah, <laughs> this guy, you know, he's fine. It's fine. He's fine. He's a pretty good guy. Come yeah, on, yeah. let him in. <laughs> I think, I think I was always just sitting there at practice singing anyway. So he's like, all yeah. right, just sit with them and sing. Um, <laughs> but then I started playing guitar. I think I got my first guitar when I was 10. So yeah. around there started playing and very quickly, like, uh, within the first couple of years started playing with my dad at, at gigs. Like they bring me up for one song and I'd play Wonderwall cause you know, damn, that's what everybody played, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was probably like 12, 13. I don't know. Um, and then like the next summer I would play like two or three songs. And then finally, by the time I was like 15, I think I was doing full sets and stuff with them. So yeah, I mean, and then I was doing, you know, I started bands with my friends and did it all through high school and college. What was your first band's name? That's oh, what I, what was your first band's I'm name? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> my first band name ever yeah. was Hemi Demi Semi Quaver. <laughs> also known as, we abbreviated it to HDSQ. That's what everyone called us. But as I'm sure you might probably know, a Hemi Demi Semi Quaver is a 64th note. <laughs> We were those kind of musical nerds. Um, But actually, we didn't do it specifically for that reason. I remember this very clearly. We just we were trying to decide on a band name. We opened a dictionary, flipped pages and just went and found words. And that was one of the words that popped up. 
none of us had ever heard it before. We're like, what is that? What the hell is that? Yeah. And, but you know, it was one of the ones that stuck and we're like, Hey, it's musical. It's a music term. So, uh, yeah, we went with it. So that was my first band name, uh, Hemi Demi Semi Quaver. But I mean, playing live, that was, that's pretty quick to just be like, you know, playing those covers, but then just like that, and then just jumping into it. Cause some people think about playing live mm -hmm. and they never do, but you just kind of like, you kind of, as you were growing with your instrument, like playing live was just a thing. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed very natural to me, I guess, since, like I said, I started really young, yeah. um, but also when I would practice guitar, when I was very young, you know, I practiced a little bit what, you know, in what was in the books, you know, the yeah. guitar teacher was like, here's a thing in a book, you know, practice this and play it next time. I played it next time. <laughs> I can't say that I practiced it. Um, so it was a little bit of a struggle to get through. Yeah. And then we'd learn a song or two and I'd go through that. But on my own, I would just play, I'd plug in my guitar. Once I got an electric guitar, mm -hmm. I remember um, going through and playing through uh, albums that I loved just on repeat, mainly Green Day Dookie. That yeah. was the big one. Real big fish for some reason. I remember playing that one all the time. I just love it. What was your go to song on that one? Because Turn Off the Radio was like, Yeah, uh, I mean, all of them basically. I would play through the whole thing, but I mean, Sell Out was the big hit. Though I also liked um, She Has a Girlfriend now. That was that a fun was a one to one play. Too, yeah. yeah, that's a fun one to play. I practiced those ones on my own a lot so in my room, just like trying to mimic what they were doing and playing yeah. along to it. So I think it almost like, felt like performing live or mm -hmm. at least it was practice for performing live so yeah it just came very naturally when it came time to actually do it there was no hesitation about doing that that you know your first band and then mm -hmm. subsequently bands from there yeah uh did it just keep on going where it just like band life was just integrated where that was the thing that was never that was always the thing it did until a point um, okay. It was in a couple bands throughout the years, college and even a little bit post-college. And then I would say about three or four years after I graduated college, I actually got totally sick of it. And <laughs> not the music, but yeah. more the other stuff that comes with it. You mm -hmm. know, band disagreements, uh, different opinions on how to operate as a band, how to make it as a band, et cetera, et cetera. This was at the time that MySpace was huge and like the only thing. For bands and my bandmate at that time she was basically like sitting on myspace all the time which was great that she was promoting us but we didn't even have a demo recorded yet we barely had like three songs written and she's out there like telling only hyping us up telling people about us and they're like oh we're so excited we can't wait till you come to our city i'm like we don't even have music <laughs> so you know we now, stylistically I got, what was that band kind of in the the vein of it was um very like dancey indie pop band mm -hmm. at the time. So like this is like 2010. Oh, I know. I know the air. <laughs> yeah. Know that. So I can't really think of a specific example. Um, we didn't sound like them, but I was listening to a lot of Passion Pit at the time. Mm -hmm. I was really into that. We did not necessarily go that realm. Yeah. Maybe like a little um, Franz Ferdinandy, like that kind of dancey disco-y beat. But yeah, something like that. Was it just the idea that like to make it in music, you have to do a band? Yeah, it was a little bit of that. It was it was just everybody around me was more concerned with. And everybody I was trying to be in a band with was more concerned with the other aspects, the the promotion. And that's not to say that stuff isn't important, but I just felt like everyone was kind of losing focus on the music mm -hmm. and we weren't on the same page for the music. So I just yeah, I just got really burnt out on trying to make 
a band work with other people who I didn't really see eye to eye with. They're great people. Some, a lot of yeah. them I'm still friends with, you know, to this day, but being in a band with them just wasn't working. Yeah. So I got out of it for a while, any kind of making music. And, uh, that was kind of weird. Like I needed a little time away to rest and recharge, but then, yeah, I didn't really know what to do after that point. Then at what point did you start to like get the songwriting itch? Probably fairly recently. I got back into music after a few years, I started doing cover bands. I was in an all Beatles cover band for a little bit. That was really fun. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, we were acoustic based, so we weren't a tribute band because we weren't doing that whole like dress like them thing. We just played Beatles songs. It was fun. Um, but then I was in and out of a couple of cover bands and it was about, uh, I guess like three or four years ago at this point, I saw this band at a music festival and it was just so incredible. I was so into the music and I was like, I remember having this moment of like, I want to do what they're doing and not necessarily meaning I want to be in a band and I want to, you know, yeah, make yeah, yeah. music and tour the country. I want to make people feel what I'm feeling right now. You know, it just sort of re-inspired me. I hadn't thought about, I hadn't written original music since 2010, basically. And this was like 2019. Mm -hmm. So, but that moment I was like, yeah, I want to think about doing it again. And then 2020 hit and it won't even go there. We all know what happened. <laughs> you were talking about like that experience, like that there's something about the song that was like pulling you in. And it's like, that's the power too of like a really good song is yeah. shit. Like where you're just like, shit, that's amazing. Like that's yeah. so good. It's like, I want to write, so, you know, as much as I write songs, I also have the list of songs that I'm like, I wish I wrote this too. And because it's just like, you yeah. love them just as much. It was just such a different vibe than I had done before. Like I was always in like rock bands, you know, yeah. which I still love, but like pop punk bands and ska bands and, and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But this was, this particular band was like more of like a, a more chill kind of thing. And it was just different than what I was usually into, but I liked that feeling. So it was just, it just made me think too, like, oh, maybe I could do something different. I don't have to just write this one style of music all the time. I could try something a little off like out of my style just the yeah. idea of like when you're kind of a music junkie it's like i wouldn't mind writing a couple different things yeah exactly. like i don't want to just exactly. write this and because when you're a band it's like it's the cycle where you write a song you write an album and you're like oh, we are this album for the next year or two yep. years until we can afford to then create another album and then we're going to be this so that's your identity people expect the next album to sound just like the first album too you got to stay in that mm -hmm. that lane you know but the idea of having flexibility in different genres also not feeling like you have to uh, i don't have to go on tour we don't have to rent a van we don't have to okay we should get a small u-haul trip okay we're gonna need that it's like none of that how many how many shirt sizes do we have do we have enough smalls yeah. oh, i don't yeah. know i don't know maybe we do we need to get the but to eliminate that now did you also think at the time like oh i'd like it was just like i just want to get back into songwriting but did it entertain the idea of like maybe other things you could do with songwriting like money wise yeah. Um, I mean, at that time it didn't, I, it didn't really occur to me. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something. And so it didn't come until a little bit later. I mean, basically like I said in 2020, when I was spending all this time at home, I was like, I'm gonna have a lot of time on my hands. Um, I remember I just, it was more just this desire to like, I need something to occupy my time. Yeah. And I remember like either the day before, like all the stores were going to shut down and everything. Like, or, like we knew it was about to happen and it wasn't announced yet or I think it was, but 
very quickly, I called up my local music stores, a very small music shop in our city in Baltimore. And uh, I was like, hey, do you have any uh, USB interfaces? <laughs> and they're like that small. I was like, I don't know. And he was like, I have one left. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, how much is it? I didn't even care. I, yeah. But I, you know, he's, he's like, it's like 150. I was like, I will be there in like five minutes. Hold it for me. <laughs> but, and it was really at first more to practice a little bit for my cover band at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like, I, I was starting to get into like really focusing more on how to um, make my gear sound good. Yeah. And so I was like, let me try practicing and recording through the computer. So it, even though it wasn't quite for original songwriting at first, I, I knew I had to do it. I was starting to get the gear and all that stuff. So then, so I got this interface and thank God I did because I probably would have went totally insane if I could not have been <laughs> doing this uh, for the first couple months. But I sat down and I got into it and I was kind of trying to recreate. Um, I started getting into digital effects to recreate certain bands' sounds, to mm -hmm. mimic them just so I could better understand how to create guitar tones and all that kind of stuff. And slowly, as you start to look into that, you eventually fall into the realm of recording and producing from your home, you know, just is going to happen. So, so that's kind of what happened. I, I started to watch some tutorials about how to, first I wanted to like mix and produce a little bit. And then I started getting into like how to record stuff. And then this random ad on Instagram popped up for this thing called uh, Songwriting Bootcamp or whatever, <laughs> whatever it's called. It's a sort of songwriting for guitar bootcamp. Yep. And, uh, you know, it went from there. That's what really got me, I think, going on the songwriting part. That's crazy that, you know, at first it started where it was just like, I kind of just, you know, I don't want to be bored. Like, I'm getting this and you get it. And then it's like, well, let me see if I can better recreate these tones. Can I try yeah. to like, and that's like a form of active listening, like, you know, trusting your ear and a being it to like, okay, how can I make this Absolutely. and starting to identify, not get, not being bogged down to by like, oh, this is like 10 dB, but it's being like, no, it sounds really fuzzy and it's also like it, i think there's like there's like a fate and then you try out some different components to be like oh my god that is like how i get like a cure style sound guitar or it's like oh and that's the difference between like a johnny marr guitar this is the mm -hmm. difference between like just straight up clean indie rock it's starting to compartmentalize in your head like all these different sounds that you want to access even if you don't need them now but later down the road you could be like oh to do this you need this and i need to pair it um, and then it's funny that, yes, you, if you started to search this probably through algorithms, then I pop up oh, on yes. that being the like, algorithms. Hey, what's up? It's just yep. like, and I'm trying to think you did the first boot camp, and either it was, I think it was the cartoon ad that we did. We did a cartoon ad. I think so. Yeah. yeah. It was a cartoon ad where I was yeah. just like, uh, you're like, Hey, come check this out. Come check it out. Cause we're going to yeah. be doing it live. And yeah, then you end up doing the boot camp, and then you join Rift to radio. And I remember you, we did a workshop too. I think we did a four week thing that was uh tracking guitar and we yes. just talked about like the idea of like how you can do things from home and you can even mm -hmm. do things that are mixing wise from home as well and they don't have to be complicated and what was really cool was you were a person that i noticed right away that was always doing the doing the thing because you know sometimes when people take classes or when they join and there's nothing wrong with consuming the information absolutely but then applying the information you have to take that jump eventually and yeah. start doing it you know what were your experiences in studios when you were recording as opposed to doing it in your home 
that's a tough question because um, a it's been a while but yeah um i actually didn't even really do a lot of the recording like i didn't do the guitar i didn't play guitar in a lot of the original bands i did or i did a little bit mm -hmm. maybe live but i was primarily the singer actually i was always oh. like the front man the first my first band in college which was the first time i ever did like a real studio recording I was the front man and for a little bit, like when we were in between members, I would play guitar and sing live, but then we got two guitar players and I was just the singer. But I, I don't know. I mean, part of, well, some of the difference is since we were, we didn't have a producer say, but we were working with a guy at his studio. He was, I'm, I'm just your recording engineer. Like he would, I remember he was starting to fiddle <laughs> with a pedal that my friend brought in, my bandmate brought in and he really wanted to get the delay settings, right? Like the, the, the yeah. engineer guy, he started messing around with it. And after like a half an hour, he's like, wait 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 <laughs> i'm not he's like he's like i'm not producing i'm not producing he's like i want it to sound good i want it to sound right but i don't have time for this i don't have time for this so but that so that being said like he kind of took care of a lot of that stuff yeah i basically just i would go in the booth i do my vocal take and that was basically it i mean i do a couple vocal takes yeah yeah you know give or take but it wasn't super hands-on and not because he wouldn't let us but a i just didn't have the experience at the time i was much younger but I didn't really get to play around a lot, you know, because we were and first of all, we didn't have a lot of time in there. It's it's so expensive, you know, so we were kind of like, all right, let's go. Let's just do this now. Get it out. And just like, there we go. Yeah. So it wasn't a bad experience by yeah. any means. I had a lot of fun doing it. It was a great time, but I didn't really learn anything. Even you can see like I my first reaction was, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I didn't really I didn't really learn a whole lot. I learned more about recording probably just messing around with GarageBand on my laptop in college, just sitting around. And you know, it's funny, I would make these little like 30 second like clips using all the like the built in, you know, yeah. synths and stuff in GarageBand. And that's, I realized very early on, I'm like, that's more or less what we do. Like when you started talking about song starters, I was like, oh yeah, I, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, it's funny you just mentioned that going into a band and things are expensive. So it's like, yeah. you don't really have time to be like, let me think about the song. It's just like, cool, let's just lay this down. Let's just play it how we play it live. And I think, you know, I've been there. Lots of people have been there where it's the one guy that's like, hi, I'm the engineer. And then they just hit the button. And they're yeah. like, is that good? And you're just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess if you good. think so, yeah. Cool. All right, it's done. But then doing it yourself uh, and and starting to dive into, but reali realizing how close it is tied to songwriting. Because sometimes... People think, you know, production is going to solve the songwriting issues. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you, that'll be figured out in production, which I always yeah. is still one of my favorite things because I'm like, it, it no. won't. If you're not sure about it now, throwing throwing things in production. And I think what was as your technical skill was getting growing, mm. your songwriting skills were starting to get better because I think you became a lot more focused. Yeah. And then you branched into co-writing. Yes. So how, you know, from a band perspective, then going into this, how do you, how did you start to navigate co-writing? Yeah, well, to me, co-writing is different, I guess, well, especially in this realm of what, you know, what we're trying to do, it's different because, you know, everybody's kind of already on the same page. You have yeah. to talk it out a little bit ahead of time, but you're, or I should say we're here for the same reasons. You know, that was something that I mentioned earlier, I was struggling with, with bands is we weren't all in it for the same reasons. We didn't all have the same goals or the same strategies but like so far at least with everyone that i've been co-writing with we all kind of have the same goal in mind and we're on the same page in terms of strategies but also i think what is freeing about co-writing is 
everybody has really defined roles. You know, in a band, everybody's trying to do everything or, but, you know, is it, there's, you know, there's different ways to do it in a band. Is it everybody's responsible for their own part? Like the bass player writes the bass line and I write the guitar line and I, and I write the vocals and sing and stuff. Or is it with co-writing, it's more like one person is writing the song and maybe like I'm there to support that, you know, help them figure out like, you know, you offer edits on different parts, but it's more clear like who's supposed to be doing what, who's doing the heavy lifting, who's worrying about the sound, the overall sound of the song, not who's worrying about the baseline, like whatever. The baseline is going to, not to, you know, take away from it, but <laughs> exactly. the baseline will fall into place naturally if you have a well-written yeah. song. Same for the guitar chords, same for the vocals, like it all should kind of fit together. So that was the sort of difference for me. It's just a different perspective. And it was, a, it's, it, it's much more collaborative. You would think of being in a band as collaborative, but it's not always, not always very collaborative. And it's interesting that you said like there's, it's more focused because yeah. you're all, you're not writing with them unless you have the same kind of goal in mind. Cause if right. you don't, you, you obviously know like, oh, like what you're doing isn't bad, but like mine isn't the same. So we're mm -hmm. probably, you know, we're not going to get what we want and that's okay. Yeah. And to that point, like when you're in a band, you have to keep writing songs and you have to keep writing songs together. Whereas with co-writes, <laughs> you can you can keep writing songs with the people that you work well yeah. with, or you could write one song with a person and maybe you don't write with them again for, you know, they go and write another song with someone else. You don't have to write like this whole album with the person. You certainly can, but it's so I guess what I mean more is like there's flexibility. You know, whereas in a band, you're you're, you're forcing it sometimes. You're like, and we don't have, have to get do in this. a van with them. Like, That's you know, it. it's just like you could still like your co-writer and be yeah. like, you're great. You're awesome. Right. See ya. And then you just turn off the screen. Right. And then and you come back it. when you're ready and you have she he or she has another idea and yeah. you have another idea and you come back together and you do it. Whereas in a band, it's like there's more of this pressure to be like, oh, we got to make this happen. Uh, write another song, write another song. And that's where I think a lot of people crack, you know, under the pressure of a band. And what is awesome, like you you were doing all of that. And for some people, they're like, cool, that's just what I want to do. I'm good. Yeah. Then you were ready to take things to the next level where it was just like you were like, I what made you think about not necessarily doing this as like a side hustle, but like starting to think about doing music? Well, I guess seeing examples of of people doing that, doing it for a living. And and that was a something that I thought about a lot at the beginning of this, when I found out about, you know, uh, songwriting and sync and all that stuff, I had no other standard. I had no other guide for how to make a living off of doing music when I was younger. You know, you just thought like, okay, you try to make it in a rock band and that's the only way to do it. Or like I didn't, I made a very specific choice to not study music in college. Cause to me that meant like, going to a conservatory, studying classical music to become a classical musician. And that did not interest me at all. So I thought either like the only options were rock star, which is very difficult to, you have to just be very lucky basically, or stuffy classical musician, which classical music is amazing. I love it, but I didn't want to play it. Yeah. You know, I'll certainly learn it to get better, but I thought the only thing that paid essentially was being a classical musician and yeah. playing in symphonies and all that kind of stuff. So this sort of opened a new avenue to me. I was like, oh, wow, people are doing this. Like it wasn't just, you know, was like I saw that you were doing it, but, you know, again, the algorithms are showing me all these people that mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, can, can do it, can write music for for television and, and, and you know, 
video games or, or movies or trailers, whatever. I was like, oh, I never even like thought about that. So I guess, so the reason why I wanted to make this change and really do like try to do this for a living is because I was like, oh, this is a new, like a new um, pathway to doing that, that I never knew existed. It's crazy when you realize like for all your life, you believe like it's those two, and that's pretty much too how I viewed before a lot of things, just like it's either needs to be the band vehicle Mm -hmm. or you have to do like the serious classical musicians, like two opposite ends of the pendulum and that's it. Those are yeah. the only two options. But meanwhile, it's just like, oh, wait a minute. There's like all these other options and all these other alternatives. And yeah. what's great is like we've been we're we're doing an entire year of coaching where we're meeting weekly and we're in it's as we're filming, you know, recording this. This is April. Yeah. You have done so much in these past, like we're not even four months in. And it's crazy to think how your productions have gotten better because you're just getting a habit of just doing it all the time. And it's just like each one gets more and more on point. And it's like your mixing is getting better, but also to your branching where you're taking the knowledge of what you have and you're just like teaching others. And it's just like, to me, that's also will sharpen your skills even more because just like through helping others learn the craft and just like the instrument, your view of the instrument suddenly just like is like oh wow yeah it's just gross yeah i mean working with people and getting to teach them a little bit or at least give them advice and w- even work and grow together like i learn from other people they learn from me you know i learned a technique the other day i'm like oh did you try this oh i didn't even know about that did you do this oh mm-hmm. no i didn't know about that yeah that's been super helpful in growing and and learning new stuff like you were saying just and and then even just working on my own sometimes too. Like just just today, I was I was telling you the other day about uh, I'm the new guitar I'm getting and and you know which is really sweet. Guitars. It looks really so sweet. good. Um, but I actually was going through today. I made recordings of each of my current electric guitars, the same track, same settings, and everything, just to listen to them and compare. So I think that's something else I've started doing, and I started to really notice the little subtle differences between like. All right, here's what my SG sounded like. Here's what my Les Paul sounded like. Here's what my Strat sounded like. And it's not to say I didn't know that before, but I didn't pay attention to it with like as close of detail, you know? So I've been focused on those kind of things too. And so especially when working with other people, I'm like listening for, I'm listening to music differently now. You know, I'm listening to our recordings differently. It's interesting when you're like, oh, I'm listening to all these different guitars, just like, oh, that what this one sounds like and this one sounds like. It's it's almost like when you reread a book or watch a movie, you pick up on things that you didn't see the second time and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I totally missed that. And that's why just even going through some of the process of just like listening to your guitars again or mm-hmm. using some of the same settings, but like you, ha- how you view it and how you listen to it is going to be different because songs have happened since then your ears have heard different things since then and it's going to make you aware of so much more and sometimes it's not about going crazy on the path but actually just refining what you have and can it be better yeah and i would say uh, to that point too like working with other people helps me expand that knowledge too because i'm working with people that maybe work in a slightly different style than i would on my own you know, and so I'm listening to that and I'm listening to that differently, you know, not that it's wildly outside of my wheelhouse. It's stuff that I have experience with, but they're always going to bring something different to the table, you know? Yeah. So like if someone's more of like an 
acoustic like indie pop writer or uh maybe someone has a little bit more of like not heavy but like a grungier 90s kind of feel to it or something you know but just the way that's what I, something i've noticed with the people i've collaborated with so far is like i would i would not have thought to do it that way you know because it's not my instinct it's not my style it's not my um it's not what i'm familiar with you know we all have our tendencies that's yeah. more what i'm thinking so their tendency is completely different than mine so now I'm, but but like i have to do it you know i have to get that experience and work with them in this new style and now hey now i have a new style that i can work in and i can maybe bring that to the next person you know and a little bit of that that color to it you know now what's awesome too what we're focusing on is building up like your lesson business because that's one vehicle of building up lessons you're teaching and you're getting students and then the other half is just focusing on building things that are syncable because what's I think what most people think, oh, isn't there just one avenue that you can just like make money in music and you just got to do that? It's like sometimes it's the multiple, it's kind of those different revenue streams that you have to start building. And those are the two that we're doing right now. And the lessons are going well and you're starting to like build that up. If somebody's listening to this and they're just like, I don't know, that sounds like I don't think I can do that. Like that seems like it's a lot of work. Yeah. I guess and we said this before I hit record. If you had to go back to like the Dan of like right. a year and a half, that was like, ah, oh, what would the would the present Dan say to past Dan? A lot of things, but I guess I would I would say it's it's going to take a while, but not as long as you think. Yeah, you know, it def you definitely have to be patient and take your time with it. But break it down into smaller steps. That's something that basically everybody that I've been learning from has always said. It's like break things down into smaller pieces. That'll help it seem a little bit more achievable. But I say that to say like don't get discouraged because it can seem daunting even with having these different, you know, like you said, different revenue streams, different mm -hmm. options. It's It can seem like a lot, but it's completely doable. And I'm actually, I've actually been surprised, like you mentioned a little bit ago, like it's it's April. Um, I remember going into this year of coaching with you, like not entirely knowing what to expect, like having big ideas for it, yeah. but not really knowing like when we'd get there or what it would look like. And, you know, oh my God, it's going to be a lot. And like, we're just going to be going, going, going all the time. And that's not necessarily been the case, like doing a lot. But so at first I was like, oh man, like, is this going to take a really long time or what? And then almost like out of nowhere, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing I think you so, said in our last session, the realization of like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm doing the thing. I'm, I'm doing, doing it. it. Yeah. Like I was so concerned with like, how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to make this happen? And it just, it just happened. So I guess let's say like, don't stress about it. Um, as long as you put in the work, you know, and keep focusing and stay focused on it. Um, you know, it's completely doable, but it's also been fun. Like all these things, all these options teaching yeah. for me is fun. You know, sit, you know, spending most days like recording music or trying to work on a new track is fun. Like I said earlier, that's what I used to do in GarageBand. That's how I really learned recording was just, just for no reason. Just be like, all right, let me just mess around and make some random like do, 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 do. And then put chords around it and put a drum yeah. beat to it and figure out what, which sounds, which synth sounds go best with that little riff, you know? So to do that all the time, like to be able to do that a little bit each day and then teach a little bit each day and do all these little things, it's just, it's really rewarding, but really fun and enjoyable. So even while you're learning, 
that's like, it's just an incredible feeling. And I think what makes you very coachable is like you entertain the idea that it's a possibility. Like sometimes people think about like, I I think Myron Golden says this, where it's like can and can't. Like people are like, oh, I can't do this. I can't. Those are literally two things that have not yet happened, but you're choosing that one of them has already happened. So when people say, I can't do this, and I'm like, well, why? I just can't. Yeah. What you're just assuming that just can't work out then it's just like but if you say i can it both are a form of belief it's just like which one do you want to so can and can are two forms of belief and you leaned on just like it's if you just entertain it for a little bit just a little bit it's amazing what happens and if somebody is on like they're like ah you know coaching seems like that's just a handful what's the point i could probably do this on my own YouTube, I could probably read some books. I'm good. Hmm. What yeah, would you say to the person that's kind of dismissing that route? No, it's it's not the same at all. You know, you can definitely learn a lot. I mean, yeah. I started out by watching YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff. But at a certain point, if you really want to be serious about it, you need help. You know, um, whether that's in how to do it as a business or how to get better at recording aspects or all of it, you're going to need some kind of help. At least I know I needed a little bit of help. Um, I've definitely been that kind of person in the past to say like, I can't do that or, and it wasn't ever because I didn't believe that I could. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just a fear, you know, it was just worrying about, well, what if it doesn't work out? I think I can do it, but what if it doesn't work the way I want it to work? But it, that's kind of, that's going to happen. It's not going to work the way you want it to work (laughs) all the time necessarily. Um, so at a certain point, you have to take, kind of take a chance. Um, another another aspect of it that I've really been pushing, so I've been pushing myself in that regard over the past year. Another aspect that I've been pushing myself is sharing my work. Um, I used to be t- completely terrified to share my original music. And both in doing that and putting it out there, like just putting out files on the internet, and even with sharing it with other people that I'm working with, I've found that, oh, like people actually like the music that I write, <laughs> you know, they don't think it's terrible garbage. You or know? It's funny that you mentioned it. So those worst case scenarios in our head, we think it's like, you know, yeah. the, the plan's going to explode. People are going to scream and be like, this is awful. And then we put it out and people are like, ah, oh, it's cool. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And it's like, if you can knock down a little bit of that wall, it's like, oh, wait a minute. They liked it. Well, I thought they wouldn't. Okay. So that's not true. I wonder what else I'm telling myself that isn't true. Exactly. And immediately it starts to like, it starts to crumble. I actually even, I had a great moment um, with the uh, the song I was working on this week, the, mm-hmm. the theme song track that I'm working yeah. on with a buddy. We're each working on our own and we're submitting them together like as a team. But I was really struggling with the one that I was working on. And I sent him a real quick demo version of it. Like I did one verse worth of vocals and it was really bad. Like the, the, the recording was bad, yeah. you know? But I was so nervous about it. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get it done. It's due tonight. I'm not going to get it done. I'm probably just going to, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. But I sent it to him and he was like, dude, it sounds great. Like he loved it. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like this wave of calm just like washed over me. And all of a sudden then I was like, okay. Then I was able to get it done. I was like, okay. And I gave myself an hour, like, you know, like we talk about and I just did it and I got it done and it was not a problem. And I had this moment of realization. It's so funny, like, that you asked about this and we were talking about this today because like it made me realize like hey get over it sometimes <laughs> you know like <laughs> you're doing it just do it it's good like you wouldn't be here doing it if it wasn't 
good or if it was that bad at least you know and i'm not saying i'm amazing and you know i know everything at this point i still have a lot to learn but i'm at a pretty decent point so i shouldn't worry about it so much i shouldn't be so scared don't let that fear hold you back you but know, it's just, funny you said as it. soon as he said it was good all of that just like washed away and you were just like oh i feel fine and yeah. it's just like it's funny how it was like well what was holding you back that feeling Mm-hmm. It wasn't a technical issue. It wasn't no. a crazy. It was literally just like that concern yep. was the thing. And it's like, hopefully people that are like feeling this because everybody does. We all do where we're just like, oh, this is we under. But as you said, wait a minute, I wouldn't be here right now. Right. Like if it was like, it's not nails on a chalkboard. It's just like, and it's also too just letting go a little bit of that and just being like okay that's a song and i have done it i've done it and there we go i'll tighten what needs to be and there we go it's out as opposed to a lot of folks that have just all these half songs that are just like they start to do it but then that uh, and then it stops and then they get the courage to do another one but then it kicks in again like well it might not be good and stop and then of course you get like the the all the demos of just like half written songs yeah and and you know, you're always going to hear stuff when you finish a song like, oh, I could have done this a little better. Or I could have done that a little bit better. But there's always next time. You know, this song is good thing. enough. Don't spend like so much time worrying and fretting over this one. Or even if you finish it and you're still like, ah, it's still not like perfect. It's not going to be perfect. But you can make a better one next time. Like that's how you learn. You don't learn by constantly trying to make the same song as the best it can be. Because you're never gonna, you're never gonna feel that way about it. Because one of your yeah. goals doing licensing, they're briefs. Things are time sensitive, and so yeah. you're already getting in that mindset of just being like, "Hey, I just have to get this done. This is not, you know, I don't have twelve days. It's just like, it's just like, this is it. Yeah, I got to be okay with it. I got to make some decisions. And you have, like, you know, I remember one of our assignments. Like, you were just doing a track every day. You were just like, oh, yeah, just done. This yeah. is it. And and but you're right. I look at all the stuff that I still do and things that I'm doing now. And I'm still like, ah, I should have done that. Mm -hmm. I'll file it away for next time because you're always going to. There's going to be a next time. There's going to be a next time. You're going to pick up something. Yeah. Nothing is perfect, but that is okay. And what's the worst that's going to happen? You submit it and they say no. Okay. (laughs) Like, so what? Even if you wrote an amazing song, there's still like at least a 50-50 chance, probably greater, that they're going to say no because there's also a lot of other people out there writing great songs and they can only pick one. So so you could write a really great song and it'll they won't pick it. It's you could hilarious. Write a bad song and they that. won't pick yeah. it. But you could write it and then do another one and eventually one's going to get picked. You if know? they ask for like, you know, Coldplay and then you give them something like it that could be to a T like the next Bohemian Rhapsody and they're just right. like, that's like, not Coldplay. We didn't ask for that. Sorry. For. Yeah, and then you're yeah. just like, no. But it's right. like you realize that now in context of like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Because yes, if okay. this doesn't get picked up, there could be another library that picks it up and I'll be fine. Right. Yeah. And then I'll write another song. <laughs> so I love that. That's and we're going to be checking in later in the year. Uh, but if people want to find you and they want to be like, okay, this is interesting. I want to see what Dan's working on. Where can they find you? Yeah. So I just set up a website at uh, danwalkerguitar.com. Um, so they can go there. Um, I guess if you're really interested, you can look at my Instagram. It's, uh, you know, not even going to say it cause it's weird spelling. Go to facebook.com slash I am Dan Walker. There you go. That's easier. 
Awesome, Dan. Well, we're going to check in later. At, I can't believe I'm saying this, but before we know it, it'll probably crop up where I'll be like, the end of 2022. It's the holidays. Like, what? Yeah. I know. What is, what is time anymore? I don't, I don't know. know time. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out. But thanks for being here, man. Yeah, no problem. So maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I want to do what Dan's doing right now. I want guidance. I want to jump in. I need a plan because if I get that plan, I can start implementing it. And when I implement it, I know I can go to where I'm supposed to be. Here's the thing. I have one open spot right now. So what we're going to do is we're opening up one coaching spot for someone that I'll work with for the rest of 2022. So the rest of the year, I'm going to work with you. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, there's a link to a form that you are going to click and you're going to fill it out. And then after you fill it out, I'm going to look it over. I'm going to reach out to you. And if we're right to work together, guess what? That's what we're going to do. And for the rest of this year, we're going to crush it. We're going to work together to put systems in place, to give you a roadmap, clarity, things that you can do that will improve your skills, but take you to that next level where you want to be. So when we end this year, guess what? You feel way more confident and you step into 2023 with a freaking plan on how to use this, that you can start making money in music because believe me, my friend, it's so possible. There were points where I thought it wasn't. But then I had mentors that helped me along the way to make me realize that I had tons of gold. I just needed help. I needed systems. I needed guidance. So maybe that's where you're at right now. So what I want you to do is I want you to click on that form. I want you to fill it out and then I'll be in contact with you. And that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Fallius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>